Hello and welcome to 90 Minute Escape. And I just heard this story a few days ago and it's been on my mind ever since. Today I'm going to talk about a 20-year-old woman who was born in Melbourne, Australia. Her name is Ellie Warren. Her father is Paul Warren. I normally like to get insight into victims' backgrounds and also criminals' backgrounds when I'm talking about true crime because I like to have that deep understanding of a person which I think makes us look at them as more than just a victim or a criminal. But in this case, I couldn't find too much information on her family or her background. So all that I could find out was that her father's name is Paul Warren and she has a mother and she has a sister but her parents are divorced. There's no information on the mother's name and her sister's name is Christy. What I can tell you about Ellie is that her friends and family describe her as bubbly with a huge infectious smile and crazy stories to tell. Ellie was adventurous and she liked to see the world and meet new people. Her parents said that she was that kind of person that knew exactly what she wants in life and no one can stop her from going for her dreams. And just from the descriptions of her family and friends, she seems like a great person. I've also looked at her pictures. She's always smiling in her pictures. She's got this blonde hair and she's got this beautiful smile. She was just a beautiful young lady and we can clearly tell that she was loved by her friends and her family. The thing about Ellie is that she was also in love with Africa and she was in love with the African people and culture. One day Ellie plans a six week trip to Mozambique and the plan was that she would go to Mozambique and stay there for six weeks and then return to Australia and start study marine biology. And I can just imagine how exciting this would have been for her at the age of 20. I mean, who wouldn't want to go traveling before they actually decide what it is that they want to do when it comes to university? I think we hear about a lot of people taking gap years and try to figure themselves out. And I feel like Ellie was just in the same stage of her life. And it's really cool that she got the opportunity to do this. So in 2016, Ellie set off to Mozambique and she got a cool gig where she would volunteer her time working alongside scientists for a research company which was called Africa Underwater. She was traveling by herself in Africa and in Mozambique, Ellie stayed in a bungalow which was part of a kasabari. I'm sorry if I'm watching this names right now but <laughs> she was staying in a bungalow which was part of a kasabari a popular diving resort there at tofo beach in mozambique for the six weeks that ellie was staying in mozambique she would take a boat out to the reefs of the coast of mozambique with marine biologists you can just imagine how ellie would have been feeling at this moment in time she's with marine biologists at the sea doing what it is that she plans to study in the next few weeks. This was her getting a first-hand experience at her future career and getting insights that maybe people wouldn't even get until their fourth year of studying or third year of studying. So it was a great opportunity for her. And you can see by all the videos and the pictures that she was posting on her Facebook page, she took many pictures of herself 
having fun and like I said she always has that big smile on her face. I mean this is what she wanted to do. You can clearly tell that she was having a great time in Mozambique. And later on her mother tells us just how the trip felt so worthwhile for her because she had also gotten to see a whale shark. And like I told you this girl likes marine biology. This is like taking this is like taking someone who is in love with cars to like a sports car to like a NASCAR thing competition what do you call it I don't know whether it's a game or a competition or taking a football fanatic to go and watch uh the Champions League this was truly an amazing time in her life but eventually the 6 weeks of her trip finally came to an end and Ellie was now preparing to leave Mozambique and get ready to start her future in studying marine biology. So it was Tuesday, November the 8th of 2016 when Ellie decided to check into the Uyani Pariyango hostel and I'm sorry if I'm botching that name Uyani Pariyango. I feel like as an African I should know how to say this. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Anyway, she checked into this hostel and she actually left some of her belongings there. But later on, one report says that she did not actually check into the hostel, and this was according to the manager of the hostel. On that same Tuesday night, Ellie went out with a few of her friends and they were just going out to celebrate the end of their 6-week program. I mean, it had been a whole 6 weeks and she initially came here long, so I'm sure she might not be seeing these people that she's made as friends in Mozambique for a long time. So it is understandable that they'll go out and celebrate right before she leaves Mozambique. And sadly, what was supposed to be a happy farewell and an enjoyable night turned into a sad night to remember because on Wednesday morning the next day, Ellie's body was discovered. by a fisherman near a toilet block near a street market in Tofo. Now this news reaches Australia and her mother is the first person to hear of the news. Actually after her death her sister posted something on Facebook so I got the actual words of what her sister said and she said that my sister was in Africa whilst my mom got a phone call from one of the backpackers saying to her that Her daughter has been murdered. As I heard that, my heart dropped. It's a Paris nightmare to get a phone call like this. Ellie was always ambitious and had so many goals. Her sister's name is Christy, and Christy says that she admitted that the two of them were known to have their sibling rivalry, and she said she still loved and missed her sister. She says, and I quote. Even though we had so many fights. Rest in peace you angel. I will always love you Ellie. Now this just made me feel so bad reading her statement because no parent deserves to lose their child. Losing a child is such an unimaginable pain that I wish on nobody. And even worse losing a sister at such a young age must be horrible. And I just imagine how she feels cuz she talked about this sibling rivalry that she used to have with her 
and it's such a normal thing that i think all siblings have you know these little rivalries and i think when you see moments like this it just makes you look at things in a bigger way but all in all that's what they are just silly little sibling rivalries and i'm sure everyone knows that they are loved by their siblings and that is exactly what christy was trying to say in the statement here christy who is ellie's sister and her mom found out about her death first and now so christy called her father and he said in an interview that she called him and she was hysterical and i can only imagine because no one would have thought that this was how her vacation was gonna end but she calls him and she's hysterical and she's on the phone with him and she can barely even talk and she finally he gets her to calm down and she says ellie's been murdered overseas after her death there were inconsistent reports regarding the case and the manner of her death initially the police in mozambique came out with a statement saying it looks like sudden death and we are in doubt as to what could have happened they further said she didn't have a scratch or a bruise indicating any violence or rape. i guarantee it now i'm just wondering how can you guarantee all of this even before you have an autopsy that's just crazy you guys are supposed to be doing your investigation right now and not giving guaranteed statements that's just insane to me and actually it took six months after her death six months for the first formal police report to be released and it indicated that ellie died of a drug overdose even though there was no forensic evidence of any drugs in her system after hearing this news ellie's mother launched a petition to the australian prime minister at the time to help them investigate ellie's death the petition was mainly asking the prime minister to intervene by putting pressure on the mozambican government to allow australia to provide an investigation team to work with Mozambique to solve Ellie's murder and give her some justice. After two weeks, the petition grew and there were more than 36,000 signatures on the petition. Eventually, the Prime Minister did call for a diplomatic action, but at the end of the day, there was not much that they could do because for the Australian government to intervene in the investigation in another country, they would need to get an invite from that country. They cannot just show up in Mozambique and be like, hey guys, we're taking over because you're not doing anything. That is just not how things work. It will probably even cause friction between the two governments. This lasted for almost two years with no new evidence and her parents are just sitting back home in Australia and her parents are just looking for more information as to what happened to Ellie. Nothing made sense at all for them to conclude that she died of a drug overdose when the forensic report came back saying that there was no drugs in her system. This was absolutely frustrating to Ellie's father and in 2018, he decided with 60 Minutes Australia went together to Mozambique to go and investigate this case by themselves. Can you imagine that? On one hand, it's so badass. That is the ultimate dad move. He's like, nah, 
I need to know what happened to her. I need to know what happened to my daughter. But at the same time, it's so sad because when you think of it, why does a parent have to investigate the death of his own child? That is so unfair. And I can't even imagine what he has to go through to do that. I'm just going to say props to her dad because he's a real one. I don't know if you guys know 60 Minutes Australia. I love their documentaries. I don't know if they're documentaries. I watch them all the time. You guys should check it out. They actually sat down with Ellie's father and they sat down with her mom. And they also talked to an Australian police officer or is it former police officer? And they did a deep dive into the case. So Ellie's dad arrives in Mozambique and his only lead into finding out what happened in this case is a last known photo of Ellie. In the picture, she's sitting down on one of those, you know, one of those like uh, resorts with their tables outside and they've got the wooden tables and the wooden flooring. And just in the distance, you can see the beach is not so far from them. She's sitting down on that table with a few of her friends and they're just drinking water. And this is the last known picture that he has of her. It was gonna be tough for him to get some answers one of the first things that paul does when he arrives in mozambique is that he goes to the beach and once he arrives there gosh there were so many times i was about to tear up watching this documentary he goes to the beach and he's like this is a magical place he says i understand why ellie loves it here so let's go over the few things that the father has apart from the only lead that he has which is a picture he has a police report which is only a page and a half this is a police report from the mozambican police station and it dictates exactly what happened to her in mozambique the police report this is supposed to be a murder police report and it's only a page and a half long so apart from this, he has a toxicology report from Melbourne, Australia, which was done. And he also has a toxicology report from South Africa, which was done. And they both indicated that there were no drugs in her system. And at this point when he was going, the Mozambique police report was saying that she died of a drug overdose. But then four days after the police got their hands on the autopsy, which was made from these two countries, they just copy and pasted and this is the words of the father they just copy and pasted the results from the autopsy and then changed it and put it on their police report so they were now accepting that it was a homicide and at this point they had no choice because the original autopsy was saying that the cause of death was due to one mechanical asphyxiation two the introduction of sandy contents three direct suffocation and four the obstruction of the superior and the inferior respiratory airways by sand and underneath it was written that is being treated as homicide and it's just amazing because the parents cannot understand that after this is being put out this toxicology report and the whole autopsy is being put out the police in mozambique are still not doing anything to assist or to even investigate 
what is going on because when you when it changes from sudden death as i was saying before to a homicide you're supposed to be looking for who did this how can we get justice and they were not doing anything so like i said the cause of death was listed as the introduction of sandy contents and direct suffocation but where ellie was found there was only packed earth and if you don't know what packed earth is it's basically um have you ever been to a farm or an off-road trail basically these roads are made of dirt right but it's not the same type of dirt that you'd find at an ocean because when you go to the beach you normally find this like fine sand that is easily moved around but when you go to like an off-road area or you go to a farm the kind of sand that is there you cannot just like pick it up with your arms you can't put your hand down on the sand and just pick up a bunch of sand you can't do that it's packed into the earth is hard and this is where she was found so how does it make sense that she could have suffocated on this packed sand and even after all this information that was brought in the mozambican police still did not do any further research investigation into her death and i completely understand why her father decided to go there apart from going to the beach and seeing what ellie was experiencing paul also went to where her body was found near the public toilet and he puts up photos of ellie pleading for information from the locals he literally puts up posters on the walls right next to the area where she was found and he is pleading with people and even talking with people and asking them for any information he's basically at this point doing police officer's job see part of me isn't too surprised that the police officers in mozambique are not taking this case seriously because i grew up in africa i'm from zambia i know the way africans act okay so this isn't no fbi or csi or cia this isn't anything like that okay there's part of it which is that we do not have the resources which other countries such as australia or the us have and another thing is also what do they call it incompetence being a policeman police officer policewoman anything in africa just not as deep as being one in the us i feel like i'm not just held to the same accountability or esteem they do their job sometimes but when it comes to shady stuff <laughs> i don't know what to tell you man i'm not laughing at what's going on because this is clearly it's so sad when i think about it it really like angers me this is how things are it's really messed up i really feel bad you know the fact that she's a foreigner is actually giving her a lot of advantage in this situation if this was an african black person they would have just maybe said it was some kind of ritual and just let it be like that you know it's not all the time that people actually put this much effort into something or people actually even hear stories like this so in part i hope this brings us to more people's attention 
So the thing about Mozambique at the time was that the country was still feeling the effects of a brutal civil war. So tourism to them is very important for their revenue and their economy. And not long after Paul arrives into Mozambique, is he confronted by someone. I'm not really sure if this person was an officer, a policeman, or if he was someone from the embassy, but he was basically confronted and he was told that he needs to make it clear to the embassy that he is doing his own investigation. And the embassy needs to know that he is around. They need to know this because it's for his own protection. And the guy says, and I quote, Mozambique people disappear. Which I think he meant was like, in Mozambique people disappear. And that is freaky as hell. And he also says, it's a civil war country. It takes nothing to take someone out and dump them into the ocean. Now... Maybe you can tell me, but does it sound like a threat to you? Because this is just so freaking messed up. This guy is already getting no help and now he's basically almost being scared away that he could be killed. Now you tell me that there's something that is not going on on the down low. Mm, you tell me. Just within 24 hours after Paul puts up those pictures, right next to where Ellie's body was found, he uncovers what local police have not been able to find in two years. So he's talking to some people and a guy comes up to him and tells him that he has a picture of Ellie. And you guys, Paul has to pay for this picture of her. And this picture is of her dead lying on the ground. He basically had to pay for a picture of his own murdered daughter. How messed up is that? Like, I know that people like money, but this is so freaking far. Has it really gone to the point where people would actually sell a picture to someone's father of their own murdered daughter just to receive a little bit of money? That is so messed up to me. I'm telling you, faith in humanity is on an all-time law. <laughs> but anyway, it just shows that this police have not been doing any investigation into the case because this is two years later. Who knows what evidence they could have found if they were looking in the first 24 hours right after she was murdered. It's so infuriating. And this is to me, I wonder how he feels. I wonder how Paul feels as a father. If this is infuriating and I don't even know her personally. So this photo, and you have to remember, this is her father explaining it. This photo is of Ellie. She's laying down on the ground in the sand and her legs are apart. Her underwear is down to her knees. She's got black sand all over her, on her bottom, on her arms, on her head. And the father says... Anyone who looks at this photo can tell she was murdered. A police officer from Australia, but he comes in and he does the interview and he speaks on the picture and he basically says, this is an experienced police officer who has dealt with many cases, so he knows 
this seems logical this doesn't seem logical so basically he takes a look at the police report from mozambique and he takes a look at the picture that was sold to him by this guy and he, the police officer says you cannot fall and choke on sand you basically be coughing and trying to breathe struggling for your life someone would have had to have been holding her down she would have been putting up a fight in order for her to breathe the amount of sand that she had in her airways that would have been very difficult for her to do on her own the fact that the police make it seem like she just fell that is so messed up and the officer is asked as to why he thinks that the Mozambican police are not doing an investigation into the case after all this evidence and he says it could be corruption or it could be incompetence or it could be them just trying to look after their tourist trade and these are all big points and we're going to talk about it towards the end these three reasons could all be very understandable because tourism to a country like Mozambique it means a lot for them to get press that people are being killed on their beaches no one would want to go and travel there again that's such bad press i know they say all press is good press but i think that no one wants to be murdered on their vacation so it could be a cover up for that reason even after finding this picture post you goes on investigating so that he can finally get the answers that he needs and he meets a lady she is able to identify Ellie she recognizes her she knows that she saw her 2 years ago Paul shows her the picture that he was sold Ellie was laying flat on the ground in the photo that was sold to Paul and he shows it to the lady and she's surprised she's shocked and she's shocked because when she had seen Ellie's body 2 years ago she was in a as she says muslim prayer position and which is basically her being on her knees bent over with her hands and head on the ground and this lady says that the time when she saw Ellie this was an hour after the picture was taken so what Paul takes from this and this is his theory allegedly he's saying that he thinks that the police officers changed the crime scene to make it look like she had gone to the toilet remember she was found next to the toilet so they wanted to make it seem like she had gone to the toilet and then she fell over and ended up in that position and choked maybe this made sense to them because they said that they think she had drugs and alcohol in her system but even this story that they have made does not make sense to me How does someone even if you're on drugs man and just choke and stay in that same position that is so unbelievable i can just imagine that this must really be pissing off poor because it's such a lame excuse such a lazy excuse but finally the police do acknowledge that she did not die in the area where they found her which was near the toilet block And the reason why they finally acknowledges is because the sand in her lungs was different from the sand was different from the sand where she was found. And that's something that you can't just deny. Those are facts. 
and they should have gotten this a long time ago honestly this just lets you know that they were not even trying to investigate and you know what the sad part is about this whole drug and alcohol narrative that the police had put out there the whole community basically brushed it off and took it as oh she's probably one of those girls she got drunk she she was on drugs and then she passed out and she died but now after looking at the picture people are finally starting to reconsider their thoughts and they're actually now starting to see that she was actually murdered paul was taking many interviews privately and he talked with some people and they, they were changing their minds he was finally changing their minds and it's really a great thing because <laughs> that whole narrative of the drugs and stuff was really ruining someone's image and it's so sad because she's gone ellie is not with us anymore and she can't even defend herself so for her image to just be changed by some police officers is really infuriating and another thing is why is it that because someone is even if let's say she's not on drugs we know she's not on drugs but even if she was on drugs what is it about someone being on drugs that makes people not feel as bad for their death i think we really need to check ourselves as a community because we see this all the time if someone dies on drugs or if a prostitute is murdered they don't really get as much help no one cares it's completely different from this story but you need to know that when people are on drugs they are living some of the hardest lives out there honestly it's so sad i feel like people should start realizing that people really do come from hard times you know there are people who just from the first day of your life you are dealt bad cards from where you're born the community that you're in sometimes you can't get out of it i think people need to stop this mentality of it's like we have people that we pick that we can feel bad for when they pass away or when they are murdered every human is a human being and every life is just as important as the next person's and i hope that one day it is like that so now back to ellie's case the big question now is why was ellie murdered there are some theories out there for example maybe she saw something that she shouldn't have seen and so then she was killed to shut her up the position that she was initially found in which was called the muslim prayer position was bringing in the ideas of was she raped but later on in the autopsy it was said that she was not raped so it's all very weird if someone was trying to silence her i don't understand why they wouldn't choose a more violent way of murdering her it seems kind of weird in to just press her head down into the sand and wait until she passes away and also why were her pants down to her knees was it all a rape revenge thing but then the the report says that she was not raped so i don't know that is very weird the second theory was was it a robbery gone wrong once again okay fine you want to rob her but why are you pushing her head into the ground you see like it's such a very weird way of murdering someone that just doesn't make sense i'm trying to imagine all different scenarios of someone trying to rob a person and i cannot just see them getting into the position of let me make you kneel down and let me push your head into the sand until you suffocate to death another theory is that why haven't the mozambique police taken it seriously so basically this theory is saying that is 
the police officers in Mozambique trying to cover up her murder because they don't want to affect their tourism in future years to come. This one, I can understand them covering up the murder. But then it's truly the question of who killed her. That's what we're trying to find out. Why did she die? Who killed her? Now, some other theories that I saw on Reddit were that since they found out that the sand in her lungs was not matching the sand where she was found, it means that she was killed somewhere else, probably on the beach. Because that's typically where you find looser sand of that type. And Mozambique has a beach. That kind of makes sense to me, that that's where it happened. But then, another question, why was her body moved? And why would you move her body and then put her in that position, which is her kneeling on the ground? Why? All these theories are not making sense to me. So I don't know if any of you guys have some better theories. I don't know, I want, I'll probably never even hear your theories. I think I'll start a Twitter page. So you guys can tell me your theories if you do have some. I keep saying you guys like I've got so many people listening. <laughs> it's okay, I'm delusional. So those are the big questions and the big theories about the case. We still do not have any answers about what really happened early. It is really mysterious. And I just feel sad for the family because the mother said this too, that they have no closure. And it's so hard for you to move on with your life and actually feel at peace when you don't know exactly what happened to your daughter. I can only imagine how they must feel. It's so frustrating. <laughs> and you can tell the father, oh my gosh, the father, he really got to me. In the interviews, he was really breaking down and you can tell that he is frustrated at the time when he was describing the picture of of her of ellie he just had to sink his head into his arms and he's just rubbing his forehead and you can just tell it's just frustrating i don't know if it's the image of the photo or just him having to describe the way her body was found and him having to see that picture of her you can truly see his pain it's really horrible. No parent should ever have to go through this. But finally, it came time for Paul to leave Mozambique. And on his final day in Mozambique, he put up a memorial for Ellie. This was so sweet. He put up a memorial which was basically um like a wooden sign that he made for her. There's a wooden sign and it's got pictures on it. And at the top of the sign is written. It's so sad because he's so emotional at this moment. He's basically holding back tears. And at the top of the sign is written, Fly high, swim deep, Ellie. And at the bottom is written, R.I.P. My lovely girl. With a heart on it. And at the bottom of the sign, on the ground, he put some flowers there for her. This was so sweet and so sad at the same time because you can truly see the pain that he's going through. And he's basically in tears. And there's something about men crying that just gets to me. We can only imagine the toll that it's taking on him. Having to investigate your own daughter's death. It's insane. And it's an unimaginably hard thing to go through. And he's fighting for people's support. 
he asks people to put themselves in his shoes. And he says, at a point in the interview, he says that if you want to get something done, do it yourself. I really hope the Australian government really comes in for him and helps him. It's really been some years now. And the mother says a statement as well. She says that Ellie is her first thought every morning and her last thought every night. I know that people always say that with time, it heals all pain and all grief. But her mother says it gets harder every day because the murderer is out there and no one is doing anything about it. I hope that this helps get more information out there and I hope this reaches more people so that they can help this family investigate and look for Ellie. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys have a good day or night wherever you are in the world right now. I hope to see you next week's episode as well. Bye.